This is JFM Podcast. Good morning to you there and thank you so much for choosing J101.9 FM. You're on to Let's Talk. Um, another beautiful day to look into Nigeria's economy. Um, see where we can profess solution. What are the quick fixes, um, fixes, I mean, for our economy as the Buhari administration is leaving. Um, there are definitely some um, loopholes here and there, some places that they miss, some places that we would applaud them for. Um, but come next administration, what are some of the things we should look out for? based of our, our economy, the fact that we have our rising debts to $44 trillion. Some people even projected that before May ending, we would have gotten to $77 trillion. Uh, And it should be coming down. <laughs> <laughs> What's, what is wrong with them? Well, yeah, a lot of, um, you know, um, projections from people and um, also the price of uh, local rice heating to 100 which, which, which is something that affects me because I love rice so much. And also um, <laughs> the number of um, importation that has been done in the country, over like 1.9 trillion naira spent on importing food. A lot of things to look at this morning. Welcome to the show. My name is Abigail Seaman. I'm not alone. I'm joined by Mikael Misi. Mikael, lovely morning. Good morning, Abigail. Good morning to all the listeners. It's beautiful to be here this morning. Um, like you said, um, Nigeria's economy is dancing between falling off a cliff or surviving it. And, and I, it's what makes it a lot more interesting is that um, the people in charge, the people who are supposed to take charge next month, that's about well, less than less than 35 days, 34 days from now, um, they seem to, you know, haven't, they have not spoken enough about the economy. Maybe they have, you know, plans that we don't know of, but um, I would have expected that given how dare we are, how crazy situation is that what should be on our front burner should be our economy our security is you know it's where it is right now but we're hoping that you know the next administration led by um, Bola Ahmed Tinobu would find the way to rescue us from this disaster we currently are in and I also know that you know people from the other end of the political um, divide would say every country burrows every country goes through their problem there's also a very you know very lazy rhetoric they give like you know the world went through a recession there was COVID-19 and again which is something i've noticed maybe it's just my personal you know observation from the all progressive congress and people that walk around them there's a penchant to give excuses when you ask critical questions so i'm hoping that you know the next coming weeks um and months and years you know excuses would not be their go-to tool when we ask them what is happening to our economy we hope that they find a way to resolve all of this and also i need to say this in case we have forgotten they said 800 million dollars palliative that they want to share for you for five five thousand naira. because people have forgotten so in just in case you are broke now just be hoping that the five thousand now which accounts oh, and it will only last for a day. They say the for six months. For, for so every you, month you have five thousand hours to subscribe your data. I don't know something. For ten million for ten million for ten million poor household. And they are say you that coming from a sarcastic point of view right now. I don't know. It all depends on how you see. They say that they have a, a data that they used to calculate and you know the people that are poor. I don't know if I follow another category because I don't know how they used to calculate. I don't know what the criteria are for, if on, if for on, sharing if that 5,000. If 5, 000, 33 yeah. million of us are was dimensionally poor, I really wonder 
where the 10 million is coming from 10% of 103 million that's like 13 million so anyways welcome to the welcome to the show people Good and i said i was going to loud it I, well <laughs> for those of you who really chastise me and come for my neck when i wish myself happy birthday in advance uh, I got myself a gift this morning and I would introduce the person who gave me the gift because he is our guest this morning on the show. We have um, Mr. Emmanuel Dayin Shaibo who gave me a business digest book he wrote himself. And just to tell you that uh, I'm about to become a business mogul, guys. <laughs> so yeah, ne- yeah, yeah, yeah. The next, uh, what's his name again? Probably Les Olin Marks or the, or the next Jeff Bezos. Jeff all, Bezos. And all of that. Or the next, you know, um, Virgin Atlantic man. What's that his name again? I don't know. I can't remember. I, I, but Ted Dollar should. To I, watch I out for Branson. me. Richard Branson. Branson. Yeah. I, saw, I saw a very funny yet interesting story where Branson was talking about when he wanted to get into Nigeria, when Virgin Atlantic wanted to get into Nigeria, and the political madness that took Virgin Atlantic out of Nigeria. And the first thing that comes to my head is can we ever get out of this? I think that's why when we talk about political will and character of political leaders, people think, oh, you are just hated. If a company as big as Virgin Atlantic can leave Nigeria because some people are just looking for ways to just be collecting money for us. The way Nigeria is to ask for money for very stupid things. <laughs> can say, oh, your, your airplane took off a second and before, before, before time. You have to pay extra $1 million for that. Just, an, just you know, a very funny example. But it, it shows how Nigeria's problem is not the people. Like you said, it's funny how we have good people and terrible politicians. It's the paradox of Nigeria. Anyways, I'm, I'm calm today. Ms. Emmanuel, welcome on the show. It's good to have you here. And uh, so we'll say Happy New Year from us. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Good morning, Abigail Seaman. Yeah. Good morning. You may come and say happy birthday in advance to Abigail Seaman. Happy birthday in advance to me too. And good morning, <laughs> listeners on radio. It's a pleasure to be here. It's good to again. have you here. Um, one of uh, Before we talk about um, the economic policies of this administration, um, I know that Emeka uh, Misi has been trolling me saying that I've been really particular about the local rice um, increase by 200% and rising insecurity, import ban, and other factors have actually cost the price of um, the one kilogram of local rice to rise by 201.52% in seven years. And this happened despite a multi-billion naira funding support of the Central Bank of Nigeria for the nation's rice value chain admits at boosting production. An average price of one kilogram or kg of local rice rose from 172 naira to about 1,000 or 1,200 right now in mm-hmm. the market. Um, local rice, when I mean local rice, meaning that... Um, we, you have the notion that it is local rice, it's locally produced in the country, so it should be at an affordable rate. Uh, for you, who is an economist who has probably studied Nigeria's economy, uh, <laughs> what does this mean for the everyday man who, has solely de- his soul, who is solely dependent on local rice? Thank you very much, Abigail. Um, it's a pleasure to be on radio to still talk about these matters that affect everybody. Mm. First of all, we must situate what the cost of local production is in Nigeria. Mm. When you are able to situate it, that's when you realize that we still do not have what we call ease of doing business Mm. in Nigeria. If rice that is produced locally meant to be hoxed and cleaned, for our consumption so that we will patronize our local farmers is this expensive and has grown in terms of cost. 
it therefore means there's a lot that we need to address in the value chain to get the rice to the table of every Nigeria, even mm. though it is produced in our localities. Yeah. Now, it is the rice that is produced. The question is, the machine that I used to process them, how did they get into Nigeria? A fundamental question. Jack. Fundamental question. The cost of overhead, fueling the machine, security, you must factor it into the cost of production. That will now determine what will be the selling price in the market where you and I go to buy. Now, the equipment that are being used, how do we get the parts, the serviceable parts? Mm. How do we get them? These are the intricacies involved in determining the price of the rice that was farmed locally that should get to your table and my table. Because if it is um, locally uh, cultivated, locally harvested, to, to what extent can you do it with your hand? You need to mechanize it a bit. Of Those course. equipments that are being used, do we produce them in Nigeria? No. no That's the question. Don't. Mm. We don't. It will also interest you to know that because of insecurity, some of those local factories have shut down mm. because it is when somebody is alive that you will produce something locally for you. Yes. Sometimes ago I was in Kebi and we went to a tomato manufacturing plant that was abandoned and the farmer said we rather go with this full basket of tomato that is giving us if not he is going to throw it away that it is better we take it but we say we cannot take it because we are going to abuja we are flying to abuja he said because there is no road from where he is to the market and that's the truth mm. and it's tomato produced locally mm. it's tomato produced locally so we must be able to understand this peculiar scenario that will now make you to understand why dough produced locally it seems to be more expensive than foreign rice and there is ban on foreign rice but the rice is still coming in no yes yes because right. i can tell you for one thousand and one percent free that the rice that is eaten in Nassau rock is not local rice quote me anywhere it actually would be foreign rice are you sure if we check it what if what if they are eating the rice that they made from Kwampa? we're not sure um, because um, <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen this is on a lighter note. Um, Buhari addressing the nation and putting his teeth in his tongue, trying to be sure that nothing is, you know, obstructing. But um, apart from that, let's talk about the the fact that yes, there was a ban on importation, but Nigeria has spent over 1.9 trillion naira when it comes to importing other food items. Um, don't you think a lot of Nigerians think that um, Nigeria is a very wasteful country? When I mean wasteful, meaning that we we take out money and we we do irrelevant things. If you are saying that um, you are banning importation, then some of these things too should be locally produced. Do you think that that is our problem? That we are really wasteful people. We do not think about um, the local resources that we have here and try to harness it. Truth is, everything rises and falls on leadership. Mm. Mm. And I can remember, if my memory serves me well, when the president said we should produce what we eat and eat what and grow what we... I remember him saying so. That's, pro, that's a proclamation of banning importation of rice should have been followed up with other things that will enable local mm. production. Mm. I remember vividly, I don't know if you do, that there was a rice pyramid that was launched in Abuja. Yes, there was. Those are. rice were carried mm. from all parts of the countries, assembled in a place in Abuja, and launched and returned back to so those the, locations. Uh, they were just trying to uh, 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 we, uh, we also remember there was a certain, um, what's the name of this rice now? I think it was marsh rice, some 
special um, rise species that Lagos and I can't remember the state you know work on Kebbi yes Lake Rice Lake Rice exactly um, those those businesses are now you know so history. the truth is when you make a, pro- a proclamation yeah. you must set in place missionaries to make them work who will ensure that one step to the other those things should be done because it's not the president that will be the minister of agri minister of, but no. the persons that he appoints True. to do that what and what environment do they have who are the people that constitute the clog in the wheel of ensuring that that is done mm. we have not seen maybe you remind me any appointee of government that is in a critical position that is not functioning that was fired by the president even when there are allegations purportedly against such a person recently there's an allegation in the papers that one of the serving ministers of the president who superintend over the ND employment of 774 people exactly bought a home in the US in of 300,000 US dollars mm. and he's not being probed about it he's not being brought to question you know but the truth is for me mm. you get to see the picture of an administration better good or bad when that administration is off the scene mm. that's the truth yeah we can appraise Obasan just administration better now because it's no more there Mm-hmm. We can appraise Yaradua and good luck Jonathan's admission because there are no more there. Yes. Now, May 29th is just around the corner mm-hmm. and this administration will be part of history and we will be able to, you know, x-ray them and conduct some forensic investigation. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I'm a forensic certified investigator. You will now begin to see some of these things that the president and commander-in-chief who the box stops on his decks must have been oblivious of a lot of things that his appointees have done. done. Maybe ministers, special advisors, head of parastatas and agencies. And how did he appoint such people and didn't set up a machinery in place to measure their performance Mm. against set standards? Because the truth is, you are the person that was elected and you have the powers to that's okay a maker head this abigail head this and yes. bring report either to a minister or report directly to the vice president or report directly to this these are things that you should monitor quarterly because if there's a deviation or the the timeline set or the target set are not being met where are you getting it wrong True. i give you another timeline if you don't meet it i boot you out but we didn't have that we we had an administration that okay we want to fight insecurity unemployment uh, economy and look at where we are dmo is an agency of government has forecasted that by june our debt will be 77 trillion mm. it's dmo that said it's not a maker or anybody it's dmo and that's an agency of government that the person put there was appointed by the president commander-in-chief now i do not have a problem with loans our our earning capacity has continually dwindled most countries or all countries of nation borrow yes the question is what do you do with what you have borrowed yeah what is the payback period and do not forget do not forget a lot of part of the money that this government earned was from the abacha loot that was recovered and they told us that part of the monies were used to do the second ninja bridge mm. part of the money was used for akk yes. part of the money was used for uh, a canoe a canoe road yes sukuk is also borrowing because it was bond the government sold to nigerians and we bought it's part of borrowing borrowed monies so the question is these monies that have been borrowed can we match what we have done with them mm. and measure their performance 
and look at the payback period, would we have recouped? Because my banking mind tells me, if you use loan for the purpose it was not used for, it's as useless as zero after decimal points. Yes. That's the problem. So borrowing may not be the problem. But have we used what we have borrowed sincerely for what we say we're going to use them for? And what is the economic importance and advantage of the monies we have borrowed? Have we used them well? If we have used them, can we see how they can add value to the economic value chain? So that when we are even paying it back, we know that we, have, we can see the economic benefit. It is reducing the time to travel from point A to point B. And the cost of fueling, the cost of maintenance has reduced. Because those things can be calculated economically. Yes. But have we done that? Um, I, I want to, you know, stay specifically on food because it's one that affects every one of us. Um, and let me say, start, I saw here that I was going to read that. According to, um, according to FAO, that's the Food mm-hmm. and Agricultural Organization, Nigeria is projected to have about 25.3 million people would face acute food insecurity from June to August. Basically, it means you don't get food. The one I'll get is not being nutritious enough to keep you healthy. And we live in a country where we have arable land scattered all over the place. My simple question is, what can the government do? It's August to June. I, I, I want to believe that they know these projections. I want to believe that they have the necessary data to know where this insecurity um, would happen most of course food inflation is nigeria is out of out of place what can the government do to i won't say cushion this effect but to ensure that in the coming years i, I find it quite strange that nigeria deals with food security it sounds weird to me because our numbers Compared to the number of lands, we have enough lands to grow food. Compared to the number of people, we have enough people to grow food. So, where first, what's the problem? And secondly, what is the quick fix to first? What is insecurity in Nigeria for the next, say, five, six months? Okay, thank you very much. First of all, if you discover that any stat that was not done by NBC, Nigeria will want to speak against it. Yes. yes. I'm waiting for the day that appointees of government will speak against the statistics of Nigeria National Bureau of Statistics. That's number one. Mm. F- Hunger for All is a is non-governmental organization that is based in the Northeast, and they have consistently churned out statistics. And I lived in the Northeast for 10 years. Yobe, Meduguri, Gombe. These are core Northeast states that have the land, that have the people, but insecurity has not allowed them to cultivate their land. And these are the people that are the chunk of people that will face hunger, pro, um, food insecurity, where they have land, where they can farm. Mm. And incidentally, we've had a president who is from the Northwest all this while, and there are governors that are in those Northeast states. So the question is, is it that the governors are oblivious? Is it that they just turn the other way when these stats are staring at them? Now, this period that FAO has projected is usually that's the planting season. Yes. And normally, cost of food items usually go up a bit during planting season because from harvest it goes down. What do we have? What 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 do we have to say about our federal reserve grain reserves? Don't governments store grains in the reserve during harvest season? Look at what happened during the NSAS protest, protest. protest. where youth went to bust 
warehouses, warehouses to mm. let you know that some of those grains are even expiring in the reserves. So, if government is to do anything, quick fixes, do we have grains in our reserve? What provisions are we making? While we're making those provisions, ensure that the farmers are secured so that they can get something to harvest. If you check, one of the quick wins of the cashless was the reduction of kidnap. It reduced yes. to a very, very low level. It therefore means that there was a positive for it. But of course, the economic angle and the implementation strategies were not well handled. I, for one, supported it. But it was the strategies that was... Because I thought, I felt the Central Bank and Bankers Committee did not know that the impact would be that much. They felt there would just be an adoption. But it didn't work that way. Now, look at the situation. Those who are even going to the farms, what is their access to farm implements? Mm -hmm. Do you know how much rice is produced on the plateau? Do you know how much of yam is produced on the plateau? How much of Irish potato, the veggies in the various markets, and 30 to 40% of them are wasted. wasted on a daily basis. Mm. On a daily basis. Because I've done a research in 2021-2022 in 10 local governments of Plateau States. And these things have continually deteriorated. Now, last year we had, is it potato blight? Yes. yes. Do we have a potato processing plant in Plateau State? No. But Cardona State is building one where they don't produce potato. They have they have um, a tomato juice in Cardona State. Even in you, yeah, you, you you get the gist. Go just close to Bauchi here, Magama Gumo. They produce sweet potato. Now, I would have thought that because we are agriculturally endowed, we should harness our potentials in that area. area because there is no oil on the plateau. Yeah, of course, there is no oil. We state okay. They say Bauchi Gumbi has. There's no oil in Adamawa. There's no oil in, let's say, Yobe. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But we have agriculture. I lived in Yobe State for 13 months. And if you know the amount of millions that goes into Buniyadi markets, where they buy goats and take to the south, south, southeast, southwest, every Wednesday, then go to Darazo Market in Bauchi, where they buy the cattle and move. These are economic activities that government should build critical policies around and monitor so that you can know what their contributions are to the GDP. But we don't do that. We are waiting for cap to waiting cap in hand for allocation to drop from heaven, which is the federal government, and we use it to pay salaries. And unfortunately, we don't pay particular attention. Do you know how many people can be employed if government puts regulations around agriculture? Mm. Especially those that go to waste. Recently, we had egg glots. Yes. In, in I saw a married man and his <sighs> wife in um, Odeport yeah. bringing egg out of their car and they were begging people to, to like buy. Yes. Meanwhile, there is a place in this Nigeria that they cannot get, get egg. So, are we saying, and recently I heard that government bought over some egg from the potato farmers, as, uh, 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 poultry, uh, poultry farmers. farmers association, and I'm like, is that? I mean, I'm like, are we are we not aware? Don't we live amongst ourselves before we became a governor, a senator, or whatever? We are from ourselves. They came out of us, mm. so it's painful that we also do not pay attention to this thing because food affects everybody. It does, mm. and until we pay close attention, because the ordinary man on the street that that is going to sell to eat that day 
will not be bothered whether government is stealing money or not if those critical things are not e- addressed we don't complain of the in- increase in prices of uh, beverages anymore because the import duty those companies pay on their beverages is even scary yet you buy you cannot use one sachet of milk again you have to use two <laughs> so that it will give you the quality <laughs> you want what? but it is money Yes. How much is the price of a razor blade between 2015 and now? Oof. It moved from, from five, naira. Five, five naira to, to 15 naira. Mm. And government is saying they are not aware. How much is the price of fuel? Because subsidy, as we heard, will be removed. Moved. And if it is removed, some people will naturally pack their car because their salary has not been increased. Of course. Yes. So how will they be able to fuel, accommodate um, um pay f- rent pay their children's school fees and school fees might go up because definitely because the schools, the schools they use fuel too use yes fuel. Mm. they use fuel so these things have ripple effects on each and every one of us so it's painful that government look the other way and explain it away something that affects human life shouldn't be explained away mm. it shouldn't be explained the way so i feel very pained that regardless of whoever comes in as governor president once you get to the driver's seat you are no longer partisan you are all about governance Mm. because governance affects the life of the people you are supposed to govern and you took an oath to that effect all right. Uh, before Emeka asks you, one of the things that we've seen Nigerians come up with, uh, when the, the Nigerian government come up with, is policies. They make different policies, and we see their manifestos looking as beautiful and glamorous as it can be. But one of our major problems in this country has to be implementation. We find it very, very difficult to implement things. Are there um, are there solutions when it comes to implementations? Are there solutions you prefer to the Nigerian government when it comes to making these policies uh, and implementing them? Because We've seen these policies made. The implementation becomes the major problem. So how can they be better at that? First of all, when you are trying to make policies, it should be bottom up. Let the people who the policies will affect be part of the process. Mm. If they are not part of the process and you jump to implementation and you begin to see some of the backlash you get, you now wonder, ah, we didn't think of this, we didn't think of that. That shouldn't have happened. If you consider the people these policies will affect, that's what practically happened with the cashless policy. Yes, it was not bottom up as it were. Given that, yes, that's my background, mm. I still blame the central bank mm. to a large extent. It was a good policy, it was supposed to be implemented, but they took just one area which the president had bias for, which was that he saw a lot of cash exchanged and during the primaries. Yes. And he just wanted, and to, he wanted to... to deal with that. Mm. And yes, that achieved some success because a lot of the people in the National Assembly lost their seats. Yes. yes. Some because they didn't have that financial uh, f- uh, cash available to move what they could move. But is that only what should be achieved mm. when people were going hungry? Some people lost businesses. Yes. But again, the good side was it also made people to go back to use the alternate channels. 40% of transactions of, of, of activities moved to alternate channels. E-payment rose to 1.7 trillion at the end of March. Now, but the ordinary man that sells Kose, that sells Masa, that sells Leaf, all those things, how would you have done those things to affect them? These are things that the Enlightenment should have deepened to the rural areas. We have 16 million adults unbanked. 
60 million unbanked. I usually like the question. Even the ones that are banked, what do they, they know? Do <laughs> no, what do they even know? The ones that are banked, mm. what do they even know? And you have 60 million that are unbanked. Now, they, some of them didn't even know what we were talking about. So, when we come up with policies as fine as they are on paper, the implementation may not even be, it is the implementation strategies that we should begin to look at. Mm. They put it, agencies of government like uh, or national retention agency should take up this thing civil society organizations that will ensure that the people in the rural area will be penetrated to at least 70 to 80 percent before you start implementing but when you set a 90 months i mean a 90 days timeline mm. and say that by 90 days we're going to implement what is your effort to ensure that you penetrate the awareness in, those 90 in, in, days. That, in that 90 days when you, there should be a barometer to gauge the penetration sure. that will tell you that we can start implementation. And even when you start implementation, I usually advise stagger the implementation. Just like cashless policy started 2012. It's not now we started. 2012 was when it started. And it wasn't even this, this current central bank governor that started it. So, but a lot of people were heaping blames on, on uh, MFLA. But it wasn't MFLA that started it. It wasn't the one. And it was a program that was supposed to be implemented on a graduated basis. So here we are now. Everybody is feeling the brunt of the harsh economic situation. But I can tell you for free, government can do better. So the government that is coming in, thankful, is the same party that is coming in. One thing I want to assure people is that I don't know Tinubu. I've never had any contact with him. But one thing I know, he's a private sector person. And he's a tax person. He will put in place a lot of things that will ensure the private sector works better. That is my objective view about him. And those measures will come across as a bit harsh. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Because flip back to when he was governor of Lagos State and the reports we read for those people that ever lived in Lagos State. So those are these things. So now he is coming to take over from his party. Will he be able to, uh, to, to, to critique or question some policies that were wrong that moved them from achieving their goals? Mm. Will he have the muscle to do that, being his own mm. party? Big question. Another big question to, to throw at him. Mm. To throw at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his team. Because he seems like he has a lot of people around him who help to answer the questions that have been thrown at I him. Which is, which is quite um, is impressive. I was going to ask last because of our want of time. Um, you, you mentioned a, a dead body, which is, which is out of place. But the one important part of all of this is our inflation numbers. We have mm. inflation numbers about 21%. Mm. Um, food inflation is out of this world. We are also thinking of... I don't, know if, I don't know if he's thinking or if he's almost done collecting $800 million for palliatives. The economic um, projections don't exactly look good for Nigeria and for the world in general. There's still war in Ukraine and Russia. They're still fighting their war. Never in the Sudan also fighting their war. So every economic indices that would suggest to a common man that the situation will get better seems very there. What are the... Again, I like to ask for quick solutions because... The way we are, if we say four years plan, five years plan, it looks very far. What are the quick fix solutions first for Nigeria as a country for us to ensure that we are able to reduce the inflation numbers, maybe not to 2% because that is you know, impossible, probably to a 15%, to a 10%. We're able to reduce cost of food. We are able to ensure that the everyday man out there can wake up in the morning and say, hey, I have food to eat. I have money to pay for the bills of my of my children. What can the government do? What kind of policies can we do? Because if we don't do them, 
by the end of the year we might be going to 30 40 plus inflation numbers and if he gets there mm-hmm. i don't know we might we might start using 1000 naira to buy pure water and Just. i remember <laughs> a, a skit that came out in 2015 2016 of a guy who said he traveled into the future and when he came back he was he gave the lady a thousand naira for a bag of um, sachet water and he was expecting change and she was like that's how much it is right now <laughs> And it's almost like we're going to see that uh, happen. Well, I don't know. I don't want to say soon. But um, let me not be a prophetess of doom. Yeah. The truth is um, <laughs> we have an inflation system in Nigeria that is, is, is even stagflation. It's more than the usual inflation. Because when inflation is combined with unemployment, only mm. two weeks ago, some commercial banks sacked their staff. Mm. Yes, and uh, a lot of people affected in just Plateau State. Unemployment rates are around 20%. So, yeah. Youth unemployment is 42.1%. So, and some of these guys are youths. Mm. And anybody that is working in Nigeria today that earns 200,000 naira has at least six months that are depending on that 200,000. Yes. Of course. Even if he's not married. Yes. yes. That's the truth. Mm. Now, I would have expected a government that is forward thinking and forward looking the war between russia and ukraine started in february last year over a year now yes what was our plan since we knew that some critical food item comes from those locations mm. we would have begun to look inwards how can we increase our production of wheat yes exactly we have the land we are I not was a projection looking I country was privileged to take some youths some training in Kano and plateau state where somebody wants to go into increasing his capacity to to cultivate wheat and we did a fantastic projection i mean business platform and when he presented they said how much is in it for us wow yes a government official yes on the plateau somebody commissioned a, a research to establish a jam manufacturing plant from strawberry mm. and the government was waiting for what is for them i did the research uh. And these are things that would have employed 70% of the unemployed youth either who are underemployed from one place to the other. And that factory should have been running now. The the tax they would have been paying would have increased the IGR of the state. Hmm. These are things that may not come to the fore. And the the investor will quietly say, man, I pay you for your research and move this money away. Hmm. And you are looking for quick fixes. Why I'm telling you this is because government does not think of quick fixes because there is a strategy to quick fixes once you put it out once you are working on other things people will be managing that quick why are doing yeah, that, that, exactly. the that is the essence of a quick fix it's yes. not as if it's a paparazzi let us uh, um, pally them with this while we fix are doing it? that they so they once they get used to the quick fix that's the essence it's a simple but unfortunately i think those in government have hubris power induced brain damage is a research that was conducted by 40 professors and it's the hubris syndrome and when they are out of office they begin to think why did i not think like this <laughs> what was my problem is it that i was but we have seen people in government that were reasoning with their head on their neck mm. so how much can you as a government because government cannot do everything attracts to your state foreign or other investors from other other part of the country to your state because you definitely have something that can be attracted depending yes. on how you position it of as course. a value proposition true so what is the challenge so how much have we attracted for example to plateau states as a government how much have we attracted to a bauchi state how much have we attracted to a nasarawa to a benue to a kogi to 
those are the questions we should be asking because I see every governor as a CEO of a business entity. True. That's how I see a governor. But unfortunately, most of them will be going cap in hand begging. And I, I saw some states, their IGR is even more than their location that comes from the center. Yet their debt burden is crazy as a state. And we have not seen tangibly what they have done with the IGR and their location apart from salaries that they started paying and now they are owing it. <laughs> Interesting. Well, um, if we if we look at Nigeria's economy, I don't know. Um, would I would I say we put it in God's hand? Do you agree with that? No, let's not be let's not be quick to say we leave everything in God's hand. God has His own to do, but there is what is our responsibility. Mm. For example, we prayed, but you still went out to get your PVC. Of course, yes. mm. when you got your PVC, you'd have just sat at home and prayed on your PVC to vote, but you stepped out to also vote. Yeah, some were dutiful enough they followed their votes to where they could and whoever emerged as winner may not necessarily be who you voted for but you did your part now when the 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 responsibility of leadership has now been conferred on you either as a governor a senator a president it is a duty to serve roll up your sleeves and serve because one of the things that if you cannot if we cannot reduce our debt and increase our earnings, we should reduce our cost of governance. Um, that's something you don't want to hear. But we must keep that's, that's saying a, That's it. a hard pill to, pill to because swallow. Because the cost of governance is crazy. Mm. The paraphernalia of cars, people in the, in, the, in the office of maybe a governor or a senator is so much that you'll be wondering, what are the, these people, what is the economic effect? What are they adding to bottom line? Mm. But there was a governor that reduced the number of people in his convoy. There was a time a former IG reduced the number of policemen in the government house of each state. And they did not die. They did not die. And they didn't go to attack the government house. He reduced them from 68 to 28. Mm. Because while, while, while they are there, they feed from the government house. They have allowances. They have allowances. So these are the things we should begin to look at because, yes, it's almost like we cannot do without borrowing. No problem. But if you borrow, what are you doing with it? Can you cut down the cost of governance? Can you reduce your number of special advisors, special assistants, special assistants, special can assistants? I, can I ask a very funny question? The special assistants and special advisors, what exactly are they advising and assisting? Because I've never been one, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> what, what advice do they give? <laughs> because the truth is, yes, you need some kind of people around you to give you some kind of advice because you need to be a grassroots person. Mm. Get, I mean, get information from the grassroots to be able to work with. But when you have a list of them, 60-something, 80-something, I begin to wonder. And they are not effective. Right, right, they are right. because, but they are on the payroll. Yes. Because they'll just pay them salaries at the end of the month. So there should be a, measure, a, a way to measure whether they are meeting. Because I'm waiting for a governor or a president, like we do in the private sector, that will drop a performance contract. Exactly. If you don't meet your target in 90 days, you'll be put on PIP. There's what we call PIP. Eh? Personal improvement program, I will put you on fifty percent of your take home. Mm. When you do that, it, you, are, you are not already you are not you are not making the position attractive. It means you are going there to work. Mm, interesting. That's the point. I hope that um, the government who will be coming in probably will take cues from this and then maybe implement them. You never can tell. But yes, you can be a part of the conversation on our social media platform www.facebook.com/jfmjoss and on Twitter 
at JFM Joss. And you can call in to be a part of the show, 09055666699 or 08121877777. Those are the numbers to call to be a part of the show. I'll take it again, 90 555 or 08121877777. Those are the numbers to call. Hello, good morning. Uh, very good morning. Morning to you, comrade. Yeah, thank you very much, Abigail and America. This great comrade, I don't ask about Solomon, the boss of Angorukuba. Go ahead, comrade. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. You know, you are discussing the, the policy of this federal uh, uh, administration. As far as I'm concerned, Abigail, there is not any of the blueprint that is implemented. Mm. None of the blueprints. In fact, it seems like they dumped, they, they put the blueprint aside. Take over different things. That is why the country is, 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 is still feel like the country is ungovernable. I am telling you this. We, what do we have in this? What, what, what have they, what have they generated, in, generated in, this, in this administration? What are those developments that is here? Or what is the progress of this country in these eight years? We imported a toothpaste in Nigeria. Toothpaste. Toothpaste is imported in Nigeria. The dead of Africa. Very shameful. Mm. So I want, to, I want to believe that if another, the next administration, because the president-elect, if there is a sense, this is what the bank is sort of of APC. Today, I don't like what APC are doing. I generalize it to APC because if the central government is not making it from one to year one to year end, the problem is that the APC are bad. So the problem of APC, I don't think that this man, I don't, I don't know what he's coming to do, but we just pray that he's coming to change the narrative. All right, come But if you change the narrative to focus for the betterment of this country, we are expecting much, not especially insecurity. Even in the agricultural sector, what does it have to do with uh, the affairs of this country? We need more revolution completely. All Thank right, you very much. Thank you so much, Thank comrade. You. Have a lovely yeah. day. Hello, good morning. I think it's good morning. Morning, good morning. welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Please... Mecca, good morning. Good morning, Jutsa. Please, can you turn down the volume uh, of your radio set or move away from it, please? Please, I do start on the line. Yes, Jutsa, please leave, move away from your radio set or reduce the volume so that... We Thank can, you. We can hear you clearly. and the Mecca, uh, I said in that time with that number, that no good thing will come out of ATC administration. Uh, yeah, yeah. You decide you are stuck with your pessimistic mind. My sister, the eight years now that are about to finish, yeah. all the contemporaries they promised to Nigeria, which one did they fulfill? During before election, banditry kidnapping subsided a little bit, but now it can increase almost eighty percent. You see, so what are we going to get? And this man, uh, Tinubu himself, is part of this government. That's why. Let me tell you, my sister, many Nigerians are not happy. Uh, you know, you might as president of this country. Maybe. Mm. After the election, the celebration in any, any part of this country, that's the truth of the matter. They decided to impose it to Nigerian boss. Let's see what can, what God can do to us. God bless you this morning. Thank you so much, Jessa. Do have a lovely day. And um, please, when you call, please make sure you reduce the volume of your radio set or you move away from it. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling us from? God bless you, people, and the best in the house. That's Commissioner right on the line. All right, go ahead. You know, seconds, Nigerians, I want that analysis. 
what they are doing. It's saying right now, falling of any system depends on the leadership. Please, America, is it how we constructed our constitution? No provision for impeachment. Secret failure. Economy failure. What is the trajectory in this of economy failure? What can't we impeach to Harry? Is it a rocket science? Which one will blame us for that? Well, I'm, I'm too emotional about what you What I want to say is that. Yes. And the opera will never change his color. Who was a Timibu during the mess of eight years of the mm. All the contracts, all the ministers, all the came for him. So why is he? So he wants to be trained, he wants to admit, he wants to do the right thing now. He was about to train to her. That's what it means. Mm. It's not in there. It is there. It is there. So what I'm saying is that, you know, I'm a young man, you have been concerned of president elect. President elect. But it's, 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 it's a relative term. If you have any case to answer. So you and have you to help us wrap up your thoughts quickly, okay? Thank you so much. Have a lovely day. 0905566669901218777777 or head on to our social media handles on Facebook as facebook.com for slash JFM Joss and off Twitter at JFM Joss. Hello, good morning. Good morning, our big girl. I'm the guest in the studio. Good morning. Welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Thank you. I'm Muda Aitekalu calling you from Angorogo. All right, go ahead this morning, 50 seconds, please. You see, everybody has his own way of assessing the performance of a government. To me, even if the federal government does not have done anything, at least every state in this federation has been collecting its monthly due. The question is, how are you able to manage these resources to immediate you the, the states where they are. I still believe that the since inception of democracy, the whole states in Nigeria are there are states that are improving rapidly. Like the gentleman mentioned. If you go to Kano, if you know Kano before and you go today, you know that Kano has improved dramatically. This issue we should differentiate the leadership business. That is our problem. This issue pull pull him down syndrome. Every government is trying to see that it's not a hole for any other government to come to fight. If I don't succeed, I will do all possible means to see that you doesn't succeed. Who are these things getting back to? It's the ordinary citizen. Right. You see abandoned projects that we, me, and you supposed to, supposed to, we're supposed to manage. 20 mm. years, abandoned projects. Any money that comes, you abandon it. You want every project to be on his own land. We should shift away from all this land. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Do. Have a lovely day. Zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine oh zero eight one two one eight seven 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 seven. Hello, good morning. Hello, Israel. Uh, it's Israel. I'm calling you from Shaka. All right, Israel, go ahead this morning. Fifty seconds, please. Yeah, the major challenge we have in this country is the problem of productivity. Mm. We are not productive, and that has been our major challenge. Poverty is a major contributory factor to the major challenges we are experiencing today because the way Nigeria is structured does not encourage productivity. Look at the people that we vote into power. Anybody that comes into government, the first thing is how to employ himself, get money and take good care of himself. He doesn't think of the general good 
of the nation and from their budget, from the way they spent money, even from the campaign, from their utterances. Mm. Imagine a, a, a governor will come out and tell you that it's his turn and it's our own turn to chop and all that. So nobody is looking at the major challenge we have, how to solve it. They are not thinking of that. What they are more concerned of is getting uh, resources to uh, uh, continue to oil their political machineries so that when the election comes, these same people can even give their life to ensure that they come back. And that is how it keeps happening. The citizen is not uh, put in, uh, in the picture. The thing is to sustain that political uh, machinery because it's what guarantees they are, they are coming back to power. Mm. And if it, 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 you check it very well, it's almost in every It happens in every state. The moment somebody becomes, comes to power, there's somebody that supported and brought him in. And that person will ensure that he recoups his investment. So nobody is the private sector, in fact, that moves this nation forward. The government uh, people themselves have contributed more to poverty than even the private sector. The private sector itself is just struggling to survive. Mm. If it was left to the private sector, Nigeria would have gone beyond where we are today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Asia from Shaka. Lots of angry Nigerians. Um, um, sometimes when we say we, we have leaders who empower themselves, the big question I ask is, who put them in power? We did. So what criteria did you use to, or what yardsticks did you use to measure if the person will perform or not? If you also voted for the person for personal interest too, you're also part of the problem. Mm. Uh, we move over to our social media page for comments this On morning. Facebook, Peter Agnes says, Good morning, dear Emeka and Abigail. Well, to be honest, I don't believe or see any help in the economy in some ways because what we are buying at cheaper rates we are now buying times three nothing to write them about of the spread for this present administration so much dam so much damage has been done um and he's praying that the government incoming government he wishes them strength zeal wisdom because it's not going to be easy richard egbita says it is quite unfortunate that we have precedent that acts on propaganda and lack knowledge of what to do, the incoming administration should try and come with economic-friendly policies that will boost small-scale businesses. One of the worst-scale policies of this government is the sharing of money without accountability. Sokia Stong says, Our grandfather and father president, Muhammad Buhari, and his administration has lied to us as a country. They have failed to fulfill most of their promises. Nigerians have lost their means of livelihood as a result of mismanagement of resources. We only see them acting on paper. I hope the debt will not overwhelm us as a country. It is farming season. Let the government provide us with affordable farm implement. Please. And he says, peace. Um, Kevin Lewis then Shark says, let's call it speed is speed because the outgoing APC government has failed woefully. However, the incoming government of the same APC should surprise Nigerians by building a refinery and also block all leakage, leakages to oil thefts. The revenues from the fuel should be channeled into fixing the economy infrastructures, health and education sectors respectively. The incoming government should also desist from any form of promise and fail in order to earn the trust of Nigerians. And finally, Sunday Moses Evi Evi says, the enemies of Plateau have successfully slowed the development of Plateau by stopping farmers from going to their farms. The incoming government should first address the issues of insecurity by revamping the operation by revamping the Operation Rainbow, open Operation Rainbow's command in places like Kriyom, Barak in Ladi, Basa, and all other affected areas. 
Well, those are some of the comments we have on our social media platform. But before we wrap up the show, I would love that Mr. Emmanuel um, maybe give his final words. And uh, I think we've talked about all the solutions. I don't know if there are more solutions that we can prefer for the incoming government. What is something that they can do better than the previous one? First of all, let's start from the plateau. I've been on the plateau state for 17 years, and I've seen successive government. And what I see currently going on um, on the plateau of by plateau indigenous attacking themselves mm. on social media is uncalled for. Mm. Um, you, your preferred candidate didn't win, but your preferred candidate is not the Messiah. Mm, <laughs> That's one. Mm. Um, he is not coming with a foolproof solution. But because um, of whatever reasons, whoever won, won, and has been validly declared, and hopefully he will be sworn in. So he is a plateau indigenous, a plateau citizen, and he put his cap in the ring. So let's give him benefit of doubt. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, I would want to see a government, governor, that will prioritize human capital development and health and agriculture on the plateau because I've not seen any government on the plateau that have concentrated so much on agriculture. Mm. I have not seen. Maybe this government will do that. And I know that uh, agents of governments, especially those who are coming, are always listening to radio programs. So I know that they are listening to this one. Mm. So they should begin to take those as quick fixes, like a maker usually say, mm -hmm. of those things, so that as you are seeing that before we finish seeing it, the major fix will come. Mm -hmm. So that it will, okay, so this person even knows what he's doing. And we are seeing on social media that the incoming governor has been having some interaction with the uh, Hungary government, some organizations. Let's yes. hope that those things will crystallize to impact positively on the, on the lives of the people living on the plateau and improve the bottom line. That's, mm. that's, that's the important, important part. <laughs> Improve the bottom line. Uh, yes, every government will leave debts for another government because normal. government is succession. Of but course. to what extent did that, that money that was borrowed, what was it used, used for? for? And I will also say that even if you are going to probe some of those things, what you should probe should be something that you clearly do not have, you are not sure of what it was used for. It's because it's too much of energy to be probing. Mm. Yes. It's too much of energy. Just like a court case is also a distraction to mm. whoever is in, in power. To the government in the center, I want to tell us that I know that the incoming president is a private sector person. So we should expect more activities from the private sector or an economy that is a bit private sector driven that will not perform magic because a lot of things have gone bad if you notice during his campaign he spoke against his own government yes, so yes. those things are things we should look out for and if you have opportunity to lend advice please give your advice free mm -hmm. it's free but may not be cheap yes <laughs> i like the last part what a thank you so much mr emmanuel daniel shaibo for coming on the show yes this was let's talk on your super feel good radio station come now 10 o'clock i beg your pardon the news around you and around the world will be right here for you keep your dials locked on to j101 and have a lovely day. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.